it's recording. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to I Have a Strange Story, story Podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to this podcast uh, hosted by two sisters who retell people strange and paranormal stories and experiences. I'm Lindsay. I'm Rebecca. And this is that, uh, you know, podcast. It's exactly what she said it was. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that short summary, it's here. It's like, I don't know. Here we are. 108. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're at episode 108. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back to the show, Rebecca. She's She was out last week, but she'll be back, baby. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you and Mike again for putting on an amazing show. Oh, and um, I was uh, just thank you so much for, again, for being like, send this one out, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, so I really appreciate it. Y'all have, y'all have great chemistry, and um, I'm just waiting for Mike to start his own podcast because he's very good at. He's very good at storytelling, and that last story was so compelling and so interesting. I've never heard anything like it, and I mean, I feel like we could just talk about that story. Uh huh. It It was was so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good story. Um, so he's very theme driven. Mm-hmm. Um, always like all of his workouts that he does. It'll be you know on Christmas we'll do the twelve days of Christmas. Like <laughs> like there's always something thematic, right? And That's so mm-hmm. he thought of the whole Christmas theme. I, of course, I didn't. So then today he was like, "You should do something with New Year's Eve in it," because <laughs> we're in the week of New Year's Eve. I know he should. He yeah. should also be like a media manager or something. Like I don't know. If he could just like take over our Instagram page, that'd be great. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. I'll see. He may be into that. That's a good idea. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, next up, we usually do announcements. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. I feel like we're being like, silly. You Sorry. Take a week, you take a week off and nothing. Oh, it throws everything off. I had to do everything. I yeah. don't have anything. I was just going to um, thank you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I have an announcement. I don't know how much of it. It's my announcements. I never have anything to do with the show. They're always self-centered and about myself. So this is what I was going to share. Um, so I was sorted for Harry Potter before mm. I watched any of the movies. Mm. Right? Went in blind. Answered the questions. I got sorted into Hufflepuff. So then um, watched all the movies and my boyfriend was like, I just don't think you're Hufflepuff. He was like, I think you're Ravenclaw um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, or Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. He's like, it just doesn't make sense. So I watched all the movies and I was like, hmm. So then I started to watch them again and I was like, hmm. And I was like, maybe I'm not Hufflepuff. So you can't retake the test once you're sorted, right? So I deleted my account. I created a new account. And I tried to sort myself again. And I came up Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at Mike and I was like, if I'm Hufflepuff, he said, it knows. <laughs> <laughs> he was 
like, it knows who you are. Like, you're going to get sorted back in the Hufflepuff. He was like, nothing's changed. It knows who you are. And I was like, God dang. Then I like I went and know, read man. about them. And I was like, no, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I mean, whenever sense. I, whenever, so, so there, um, Pottermore, Pottermore went through like a revamp. And they were a totally different website at one point and they had games and shit on there and there was spells that you could learn and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then they did the whole thing over again and you could either choose to stay in your house or you could take it again. And whenever I first did it, I was oh. Gryffindor. Oh yeah. I was a That's Gryffindor and I was super proud of that. And then I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it again because for sure I'm going to be Gryffindor again. And I took it and uh-huh. they were like, you're Hufflepuff. <laughs> and it took me. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, a big marshmallow came rolling out. You're going to be fat in gold. Like, you're going to live underground. You're going to be fat. Can you live right next to the kitchen? And I, it took me a while to accept that. But I was like, yeah, I am totally Hufflepuff. I, yeah. I I do prefer to live underground because my bedroom is in the basement of my house. That is correct. <laughs> I do like to eat. Uh-huh. I spend a lot of time eating. Yeah. So, I mean, and but I mean, I guess there's also other cool things. They're nice people. <laughs> <laughs> They're loyal and that. trustworthy and um, yeah. All of those great qualities. Mm-hmm. So that was my only announcement. So it stands. I'm Hufflepuff. But that's cool. So um, and because I was persuaded, I tried. Well, I tried to find something associated with New Year's Eve. That was like, um, you know, stuff we talk about in this podcast. <laughs> but I couldn't really find anything associated with it. Like, you know, werewolves are associated with Christmas. Like. I couldn't find anything like that. But I did find a story that took place on New Year's Eve. Oh, and um, yeah, this is in 2016. It's in Mexico. Um, I looked up how to say the name of the city. And now I can't remember how to pronounce it. So I'm not going to. Um, but the family owned an apartment. <laughs> and they had gone down uh, to this town um, just like to, to get away from everything. And so the apartment that they owned... There was about 24 other apartments there. Uh, there was like six buildings. Uh, so they were, you know, about four stories high. Um, but it was a pretty nice environment. Everybody who lived in the complex, they all knew each other. So they were all close. Um, and so they did, just described it as a really friendly, open environment whenever they would go there. Um, so one of the apartment complexes or buildings or rooms uh, or apartments, they they decided to host a new year's eve party and so about 35 people agree that they're going to go so those 35 people show up around like 10 p.m they're all hanging out it's fine this guy's there with his family um and then they see that there's the people outside and the women are kind of pointing up at this guy and so they're like what is going on um so I don't know why I'm acting it out, dude. <laughs> You're such an actress. I know what's going on. <laughs> an actress. <laughs> so they um okay. So they look outside and they just kind of um, dismiss it. They're not that impressed. They they stay there. They're talking a few more minutes. 
people start to like run outside. And so now they're interested. So they go out there, they take a look. And what they see are these spheres that are lit up in the sky. And um, they're twinkling, but the twinkling isn't quite what it should look like. They described it basically as whatever it was, the star was just turning on and then off and on and then off. So it was a very like slow pace, right? Um, Twinkling usually, I guess, is a little bit faster. So it'd be like a pulse. Yeah, kind of like a pulse. And then they noticed that a bunch of these lights that are twinkling like this, they all start to go together into a cluster. So now there's a cluster of them. Um, And they said that they could estimate that there was about like 150 to 200 of them. Um, And then they all in unison started blinking on and off, on and off. So it's a whole cluster of them. Um, And eventually this cluster, it moves across the sky together and then they just disappear. Right. And so they're, they're all pretty freaked out. What they thought was interesting is about 35 people that all witnessed it. So there's a large group of people gathered that look up and can see it. (laughs) That's so cool. And, and so they've never seen anything like it before, but one of the guys in the complex said, this is what we saw last year around this time of the year's Eve. Right. Um, so they also went on to say like, nobody was drunk. Uh, they, they don't think anybody made it up. Um, and they looked into it to see if any other people in the area saw anything like that. And they didn't find any information on it. So one person suggested in the comment section, cause this is from Reddit. Thank you. Um, that it could have been a, like a cluster of drones and I just dismissed it immediately. And I was like, nah, that's not what happened. So <laughs> then <laughs> Mike pulled up a video and we, he said, this is what it looks like. And I was like, oh, that could have totally been thrown. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can see why they would have thought that. But then mm-hmm. um, we also looked into like how high it can fly and it can go up to 400 feet. Um, or if it's like a, above an object, it can be 400 feet above that object. And then they can go 100 miles per hour. So I was like, but how does that explain how they just disappeared? And he was like, they just turned their lights off. So then we watched an, another video of like them all flying around and the lights on and off. And I was like, yeah, totally. That could totally be it. <laughs> that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, but I don't know that that's what it is. That's one explanation, right? right. But um, also my other thought was it could have been a prank by drones mm-hmm. who were doing it on purpose to freak people out. Mm-hmm. If we would just say it was drones. And so then it would justify them thinking that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, or it could be, it could be UFOs. Yeah. Hmm. It could totally be UFOs. Well, yeah. so then it made me think I tried to research the name of the town and I put in the year, New Year's Eve sightings, you know, or whatever to see. And I couldn't find anything on it. Um, but what I did find is Mexico ranked seventh in the world for the number of UFO sightings. Get out of here. Yeah. Whoa. Isn't that nuts, dude? Number yeah. seven. Yeah. Um, and so apparently there's a lot of sightings in Mexico. And there's a few that are very well known. Uh, one of them was in 1968 at the Olympics. 
there was pictures taken and there was a UFO in the sky. Um, Mexico City is known for having a lot of sightings. And in Monterey, there was a commercial being filmed for Coca-Cola. And apparently in the commercial on the footage, you can see a UFO in the background. What? Yeah, I tried to find it. I tried to find it. I was researching it, but I didn't find it before the show. But anyways, I thought that was interesting. So then I was like, well, wait a second. Where? What about in the U.S.? Is there a place where there's more UFO sightings? So top 10. We'll start with number one. Idaho, Montana, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, New Mexico, Vermont, Wyoming, Hawaii, Washington, and Connecticut. Oh, Texas and Colorado are not in that, and I'm very mm-hmm. disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it. Um, took a big a big drink of her big water just now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I did see that this alleged, you know, sighting that took place in Mexico somebody did reference that it, that it was similar to a sighting in um, 1561 in Nuremberg, Germany. There was, yeah, there was uh, allegedly an aerial battle um, that was like depicted in the sky. So there was what they called a broadcast and it's basically like a newspaper, but it was a carving in wood. Right. And this broadcast had um, this alleged event of people looking up at the sky and there being a, like a battle on the sky with spheres and triangles on like cylinders. Um, and so, yeah. So there was um, the, the drawing depicted that people saw like hundreds of these cylinders in the sky, like battling. Like wow. this is in 1561. It's crazy. Wow. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, that's fun. Anyways, so <laughs> that's where I went with the whole UFO thing, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, New Year's Eve. <laughs> you brought it. Ooh, ooh, I almost dropped my book. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, that's, that's my holiday story. I love it. Stay. I don't have a holiday story. Not like oh. you. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. That's okay. Um. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad that you you thought it was okay. So my hand's not busted. I don't know if that was relevant in the last episode, but um, oh. that I was in. But I had my um my brace removed, and I'm very happy about that. But I still did not take any notes. Um, I took a little bit of notes. Um, but this is kind of going to be um a little bit different from what we normally do. The story is not different. But the way that I'm going to talk about it afterwards is going to be different. Okay. So what I'm going to get into is this was a person from Reddit. Um, thank you very much for letting us retell your story. I did not get pronouns. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm just going to assume um, maybe this is a woman. I don't know. Um, and um, it is a premonition or a dream of a death of a friend before they knew that this was this person was dead. And this actually is um, a true crime um, story. So okay. I'm going to tell you about what this person's dream was. And then we're going to go into some other things um, that I'll get to afterwards. Okay. So this was... Um, <clears throat> 
in regards to a dream that they had. Um, and they just wanted everybody to know that they have to be medi- medicated to go to sleep and that they don't have dreams. But whenever they do have dreams, they're very strange. Um, they say that um, they have been to mediums before and their mother was an empath and they are an empath and their daughter is an empath. And this person has been told that they are a beacon of light, so to say, for spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting in itself. But this is one thing that she, I'm just going to say she, and I'm sorry if it's not um, experienced. I've had almost two beers. <laughs> Bear with me. Your alcohol wasted. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little toasty right now. So I'm going to do my best. Um, So they said they live in a small town, which I think is relevant to this story. And about a year and a half ago, a young man was murdered by his girlfriend. She ran him over in her car, split his skull, brain spewed uh, spewed everywhere. um, And they pulled the plug on him a few days after. Um, The girl, the murderer, called 911 and said he had fallen off the garage roof and landed on his head. Um, and that's uh, all that they knew at the time, but there were no, and there were no witnesses for this one woman. Um, the night of the day that he was hit and he was in the hospital with no brain activity, this person had a crazy lucid dream that rocked her out of her sleep and, and made her sit up straight in bed. This was her dream. Um, she was riding in the car and then they were outside of the car dying. She said, it felt so incredibly real. I thought I was dying and my last thought was of my kids. When everything went red and then black in the dream, they woke up. She says, all I can remember was dying, the color of the car, which is white. And they found out the next day what had happened, that he was in the hospital and he wasn't going to make it. Um, She said she knew nothing about the situation the night they had the dream didn't know what happened, didn't know he was in the hospital or, and didn't know that the car was white. Um, the police arrested her about four months ago on charges that she ran him over, uh, finding hair in his DNA on his bumper and the undercarriage of her car. Um, she says that I want to say he saw me and wanted me to tell his kids that they were the last thing that he thought of. Um, and then she goes into about the case that, was reported in New York about this. And so I looked it up and um, it's a true crate, true case. Okay. Everything that she said in that was true. Um, She, I think is struggling about if she should tell his kids or not that she had this dream. And um, I think that it's a very noble cause, but I also think it's really difficult because it sounds like his kids were very young. In fact, Mm -hmm. um, I looked up the, um, the the crime and actually like the youngest was two months old whenever he died Mm. so i'm going to go into a little bit about um empathic abilities um we've i feel like we talk about this a lot um but psychic abilities sensitives um empathics um they just kind of on not in my opinion, but I think it's something that I've read is that these are all abilities that we once had as human beings a long time ago. And I think that it's something that everybody can have, um, can develop these days, but there are things that we lost because we have decided to um, use our skills in other places. So like um, we had, 
we had other things that needed to be enhanced, like speaking, agriculture, um, domestication of animals, um, ending migration, hunting, um, foraging, fishing, etc. So we've we've all been able to kind of compartmentalize our lives and make them easier that we don't need to have these abilities anymore. We don't need to be um, empathic to know what's going on with the tribe or the group that is across the river, you know, to see if they're in turmoil or not, or um, we don't need that ability anymore for uh, living with animals in the wild. It's just a skill that I feel like that we have lost. Um, and so you are able to develop these skills. I, I strongly believe that if you work your brain enough, if you do meditation, if you read books about it and you just, it's just like a muscle that has, that hasn't been used. Um, so there's that part of the ability um, that I just went into, but I wanted to talk to you about actually the, the crime that happened. And I don't like true crime. I think that mm -hmm. I've made this um, pretty obvious. And I think that my reasoning for not liking true crime isn't probably the reason why people like it. Like, I think that I'll, I think it's interesting to understand what gets into people's heads and why they do this and um, what leads them to these, these horrible, horrific crimes of what they do. And in my opinion, I feel like it leaves out a lot of the victims and the families of the victims. And so that's one, that's one reason why I don't like true crime, but another reason because it just scares me because just to understand and realize that people can, can do this regardless of their upbringing um, is very frightening to me. It's way more frightening <laughs> than paranormal stuff. Like I'll meet Bigfoot in the woods any day before I meet right. with, a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> behind bars. <laughs> um, so anyways, I found this, um, this article from NNY360.com and I wanted to read it and just to kind of talk about his family and a little bit about him and kind of what they were going through. But this also um, kind of verifies the story that she had about the dream that she had. And um, I think that it's a, it's, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky, tricky and complicated thing, whether or not you pass on this information to his children, because um, I, I can relate to that because I had something similar happen to me after my husband's brother died, is I had a message to pass on to my husband, and it uh, from a dream, and it was not easy. You know, you go up to somebody that, I mean, in your case, you go up to a couple of kids that you don't know and tell them your dad was thinking about you whenever he died. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you approach somebody like that? And then with my husband, like, how do I approach him to be like, your brother came to me in a dream and said he was okay. So, yeah. so that's hard. Um, so I feel for you, girl. And I hope, I think that any decision that you make is going to be the right one. And maybe just, mm -hmm. maybe just waiting until they're a little bit older, um, maybe till some time passes. I don't know. It's never going to be easy, but I yeah. think that some people might find comfort in that to know that mm -hmm. he was thinking of them and he cared about them that much. So I'm going to read this article about um, this young man who passed away and deals with part of his family and what they were going through. And I just kind of want to humanize this mm -hmm. um, and not make this about the killer so much. So like I said, nny360.com. The article is called Family of Man Killed in 2018, Morning Loss Again as Arrest is Made in Case. 
So it goes, after two years of waiting, Jared C. Cook's family is now feeling vindicated after the, sus- after the suspect they believed killed him was arrested on Thursday. And this article was written in um, June 18th, 2020, just to let you know. Um, but even so, his mother is crying again as she relives her son dying all over. The Jefferson County Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office released an accusatory report against Nicole M. Lacey on Thursday, which states her boyfriend at the time, Mr. Cook, suffered fatal head injuries after she allegedly struck him and run over him with his car in May 2018. Miss Lacey, uh, 29, Black River, was arrested on Thursday after, two year, after a two-year investigation by the Sheriff's Office. According to the police report on May 30th, 2018, Miss Lacey dialed 911 and told dispatchers she found Mr. Cook injured on the ground outside their house at 388, probably don't need to get into that, town of <laughs> Antwerp. Um, Mr. Cook was diagnosed with a serious head injury and flown to Upstate Medical University, Syracuse. He was later taken off life support on June 3rd. He died at the age of 28 and left behind three children. Um, The report states it was later determined that Mr. Cook's fatal injury was consistent with blunt force trauma at the head due to a car pedestrian collision. Ms. Lacey's car, a 2004 Chevy Impala sedan, was scuffed, scraped, and smudged on the undercarriage of the passenger side. Police said it displayed the evidence of a collision. Ms. Lacey was charged with first-degree manslaughter and was um, arraigned virtually Thursday morning before being released on her own request. reconnaissance uh, with a ticket to appear before court on Tuesday, June 30th. Mr. Cook's family, many of them living near each other in County Road 24, is saying it's about time that Miss Lacey was arrested. His mother, Robin Simpson, said she was told a day before Miss Lacey was arrested that charges were pending. I am glad they finally got around to getting her, Miss Simpson said. I don't forgive her. She did wrong by him and he loved her. Yet the announcement of charges coming down on Miss Lacey broke Miss Simpson's heart all over again. I let him go, she said, and now I have to let him go all over again. Mr. Cook and Miss Lacey were together for more than four years. They broke up and got back together at least once during that span, and at times it was a tumultuous relationship. But Miss Simpson said she wasn't aware of how rocky it was. She said she didn't have much to complain about Miss Lacey, that um, she would come and take care of her when she was sick. She was pretty good to me, Miss Simpson said. I wish I had known what it was like. Miss Simpson was and still is in assisted living, and her son would frequently visit her to help her or just be with her, she said. They would watch Disney's The Princess, uh, sorry, The Princess and the Frog together, Mr. Cook's favorite movie. When he passed, I was lost, she said. I cried every day, just trying to put one foot in front of the other, and I felt like I've lost him all over again. Harley Cook, who was Mr. Cook's cousin and lived just up the road from his old house, said that the family was excited that Miss Lacey had been charged. We figured they were trying to come up with all the evidence they possibly could, Harley said. We're glad they finally did. Uh, We just wish it would have been a year ago, but it takes time. Harley said she and Mr. Cook grew up together. She considered him a brother, and the last two years have been hard on them all. Harley said she dialed authorities every week for months. I honestly started to lose hope, she said. We were, we were in ways. Uh, Jackie Simpson, Mr. Cook's sister, said she, grew up on, um, said she grew up playing video games with him, but had since grown dis- uh, distant due to with his, part, uh, with his relationship with Miss Lacey. Sorry. 
It was hectic, she said. I avoided it. They were both crazy, but they were close. I loved him enough to put him on my arm, said Jackie, looking at a tattoo of her heart and her brother's name on her bicep. Jackie said she remembers the night her brother was flown to Syracuse after he was allegedly run over. She said family members were accusing Miss Lacey of being involved with his death in the emergency room and that his death likely started with an argument between the two. But I don't know how an argument can escalate to where you want to murder somebody, Jackie said. Jenna Cook, Mr. Cook's other sister, temporarily moved into her brother's old house on County Road uh, 24 after he died. She said her brother and Miss Lacey had just had a child together who was about two months old when Mr. Cook died. We thought things had changed, Miss Cook said, because they had the baby and everything seemed to be going well. Miss Cook said she remembered the days uh, after Mr. Cook was hospitalized when she, he was declared brain dead and when her mother decided to take him off life support. She, and she remembers the day he was allegedly ran over and what Miss Lacey did afterwards. This is rough. The vehicle she used to run him over, she took to Syracuse to see him to the hospital, Miss Cook said, and she picked up my mother prior to going to the hospital. Miss Lacey could not be reached for comment, and it was unclear she had legal representation on Thursday. Miss Cook said she understands these types of cases uh, take time to investigate, and over two years, she tried to hold on to hope. It took, it just took the time it needed, Miss Cook said, but there were times I was thinking, is she really going to get away with this? She said the incident between her brother and Miss Lacey happened sometime after 3 p.m. that May afternoon, and it appears Mr. Cook had been drinking after work. An argument then escalated. Even if it escalated, Miss Cook said, a normal person would have been like, oh, my God, I just hit someone. After he died, Mr. Cook was cremated. His ashes have yet to be spread or buried, Miss Cook said. We haven't put him to rest because we didn't want her mourning his grave, she said. So once everything is all said and done, then he can rest in peace. Mr. Cook's family is happy an arrest was made because it was always has been about justice for a man who loved to fish, to watch the Yankees, to take care of his children, and to go to work. How can you live with yourself knowing, some, knowing that you killed somebody, Ms. Cook said, and she didn't in any shape or form do the right thing. She went about her life and moved on like it wasn't part of her life, even though she took his. So. That's why I don't like true crime. Because all these people are the victim. Yeah. They're missing their son. And um, and I think that um, I think that the person who had this story and had the the dream, I do feel bad for you because I feel like you experienced that too. And yeah. um, and I feel terrible for the family that went through this and I'm glad that they were able to find some justice, but still mm -hmm. it's just like, girl, being an empath is hard. <laughs> yeah. I also wonder if another option may be just trying to see if you could contact the family and say, would you want to know, would you be open to hearing, you know, messages from, a family yeah. member who's passed away. I mean, that's, that's the other option is instead of going to them with the information, just saying, Hey, is this something that you would be interested in knowing? They may not even be open to it. And so maybe yeah. don't torment yourself. If they just are like, no, that's weird. You know, they may have that reaction. Yeah. We don't know who they are and what they're open to and what they believe or not. 
And maybe you're carrying a burden of do I or do I not too much. Maybe if you just ask. Yeah, you can let the other people decide for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and give them and a I, choice too. And it may not be a message to pass on. It just may be, and I think that she said this in her her story too that I left out, that maybe just because she's open to feelings and she's open to um, to situations that are out of her control, that this just happened. Like it just, you were there, you were the sponge absorbing the water and you absorbed what happened to him at that moment. And um, I think it's, it's sweet that his last thoughts were with his children. And they think that's probably what any good parent would be thinking about is their family at that point. Um, and, and like Lindsay said, maybe it would be some information that is optional to pass on if mm-hmm. the, if the family wants that or not. Yeah. That's a good point to put out Lindsay to give somebody that option mm-hmm. instead of, cause we all need options, right? Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was somebody doing like a person centered presentation and they had trouble like the, technology happened and so the the presentation wasn't working and yeah. I just got up and, like to to go help I was just gonna go help you know I got up to do it and they looked yeah. at me and they were like I didn't ask you for help and then they were like this is an example of not being person-centered and just assuming that somebody and I was like mm. like it was embarrassing it yeah. was a great example it was a great yeah. example. Like it's the best way to point it out. So I was like, that makes sense, man. Like, yeah. 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 Take it upon yourself. People need options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good way asked. to put it. I could have said, do you need help? And she would have said no. And then I would have been like, okay. And then I would have avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> then you would have avoided being an example of. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good life stories. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. That's my TED Talk, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for attending. Um, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you for doing something a little different. Right? Uh, my comfort zone. Yeah, it's, it is out of your comfort zone. And it definitely brought a lot of great information together. I like it. It's good. Thanks. It was Thank a good you. switcheroo. I'm proud of you. You're welcome. Keep it up, girl. Keep it up. I guess Probably we'll see everybody. won't be doing oh. that again. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we won't be back till next year. We won't be back till next year. Yeah, we're taking a little break. We won't be back until 2021. <laughs> <laughs> this is our sabbatical. <laughs> I know. We're sorry, I'm everybody. I'm sorry I've had almost two beers. It's not even two, Lindsay. It's like one and a quarter. I know. Like, I just it's don't okay, drink girl. that much anymore. <laughs> Do you have oh. anything you want to say about 2020? No. Okay. <laughs> I I will say I am so glad that I have a cat. I fucking yeah. love my cat to death. Aww. Like she's so goddamn cute and she bites me all the time and I love she's her so perfect. Much. she is perfect for me because i do like that kind of like mean cat a little bit yeah dude 
I mean, I like a sweet cat too, but like if probably if I had my choice, I'd go to the the shelter and be like, where's your meanest cat? (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. It's because your first cat as a kid was a a mean cat. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I tracked it all the way back to babykins our childhood cat mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. who like hated people, hate people and also loved people <laughs> she would bite you and i'm yeah. like that's the way cats are <laughs> <laughs> that's what i need she ripped, she ripped the shit out of your leg yeah and i love her <laughs> she you had to get like stitches i didn't get any stitches they didn't say i needed stitches but it was a pretty deep gash but i never <laughs> Never was mad at her. I was like, yeah, I deserve that. (laughs) An abusive relationship that I am totally consenting to. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of good do you have there? Oh, um, this is delicious. This is in Lindsay's koozie that she got me. We have matching koozies. Um, but it is left hand peanut butter milk stout. So left hand is a brewing company in Colorado and they make a really good, um, uh, milk, uh, stout. And, um, they had a peanut butter cup one. Very good. Very good. Cool, man. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, you know, (laughs) here we go. Happy New okay. Year's, everybody. Sorry we didn't yeah, have a Christmas great episode. <laughs> Did we just say bye? <laughs> gotta go through the thing. Right it would have been funny if we just would have been like, bye! And just okay, ended bye. It. <laughs> yeah. okay, well, um, thank you, everybody, for um, sharing or allowing us to share your stories today. Um, if, if anybody else has uh, stories, experiences, Anything that they would like for us to share, we'd be happy to. Um, we love hearing everybody's story and we believe everyone's story. So please send it to I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com and we will be happy to share your story. Or you can send it to us on Facebook or Instagram. And I think that's all. We really check. We do. Yeah. And we may not get back to you ASAP. Mm-hmm. But we still check and um, subscribe, rate, and review us. If you give mm-hmm. us a review, please, please give us a nice review. Um, take a snapshot of that. Send it to our email address with your uh, physical mailing address. And we will mail you some stickers. Just like the Graceful. She got her stickers in the mail the other day. Aww. Yeah. And I, that's it, right? It's been a while. Yeah, that's all. That's all we do. Okay. And we say, you know, until next time. (laughs) Bye. Oh, there's nothing for me to press up here. You don't have to worry about that. I got cat hair in my mouth. Oh, nice.